Happy 2019. How weird is that, right? I'm still like, when I write down the date, I'm like, nope, just kidding. It's a nine, you know. <laughs> it's going to be like that until March. Then I'll, I'll get it. Um, but happy 2019. I really, I am so excited that we're here. We've been counting since November. We said in November we'll see you guys again. So we are so glad that it's finally here. Christmas is gone. We're starting, you know, all our New Year's resolutions. No, is that, are you guys, don't do that, it's just me? Oh, okay. You know, well, some people like to do new things in the new year, yes. Um, they call them resolutions or whatever. They just promise themselves they're going to do things they didn't do the year before. So I've told myself I'm going to, you know, work out, <coughs> eat healthier. I eat healthy, just better, you know, um, and I'm just going to achieve all sorts of things. All the things are going to happen in 2019. I'm just going to do everything. You know, I'm going to, I have so many goals I can't even remember. And I have, you know, proposed that this is going to happen. And I think that a lot of us are that way, right? We think, okay, new year, new me. I have all these things that I'm going to achieve. And then somewhere around May, you're like, you know what? Maybe next year. Maybe 2020 is my year, okay? I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see if summer 2019 happens. If not, maybe 2020 will be my year. It doesn't matter. It's all good. But you know what? I think, and this is sort of what um, I wanted to talk about tonight, the fact that I think a lot of us live our Christian life the same way. We do that to ourselves a lot. Um, we look at our lives and we say, you know what? I'm going to fix all these things. There's, I need to fix this. I need to fix that. I, I'm doing this wrong. I need to improve here. I need to improve there. I'm going to stop worrying so much. That's me. I'm not pointing that at anybody. You know, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop being so sassy. I, I can't promise you anything. You know, I'm just, I'm going to be quicker to forgive. And, and so we have all these things that we say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to achieve this. I'm going to be more patient. I don't know. And we start out strong, right? So we think, I got this, I can do this. And we start, we start out strong, we have um, all the best intentions, and we, and we try our hardest, but somewhere along the way, we do the same thing. We fall back into the same old routine, or we fall back into old ways, or into things that we thought we, we weren't going to do anymore, into things that we thought we had left behind, and then we get frustrated. We get discouraged. Oh, why am I this way? I thought, you know, I was doing so well. I started off so good, and then I get frustrated. I feel a little guilty, right, because I should be able to do these things by now. I should be able to change Shouldn't I? I should be able to change all these things about myself. So I think, because that's sort of the way we've been trained, right? Even from little kids, we, we, we are into this behavior modification. Modify your behavior. Change the way you're acting, even though sometimes on the inside, things might be just the same. There might be problems and issues and things on the inside that we're not dealing with, but we think that as long as we change the way that we look on the outside or what we're doing on the outside, then it's going to be okay. But that's backwards. We've had it backwards from the beginning. And I want you to look with me at John 15. It should come up um, on the screen, or we have some Bibles, I believe. Uh, if not, follow with me um, just on the screen or on your phone, but 
We're going to read quite a little bit of John 15. I love this passage. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you, unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, and I love this uh, version, the amplified version specifies this a little more. It says, cut off from vital union with me. You can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they, they gather such branches and throw them in the fire and they're burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. I've loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that my joy and delight might be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. If you notice something in this passage, there's a word that repeats itself over and over. Did you catch it? Remain. Remain. Remain in my love. Remain in the vine. Remain in me. Remain in me as I remain in you. Remain in my words. Over and over and over, this passage tells us the secret. This is the secret. The secret of the Christian life is not behaving better. The secret of the Christian life is not reaching perfect morality. It's not about looking good on the outside so people can think that we're doing well. That, that doesn't matter. The reality, the thing that we need is to remain connected to him. We need to remain connected to him. It's about constantly filling myself with the source of life. If I disconnect... What happens? I can't make it. If I am not connected to the vine, there is no way that I can keep going. I, I think we try this. And I don't, I'm not saying that we try, I'm going to disconnect from God now. We'll see what happens. No, I think that sometimes we think we can handle life on our own. I do it. I, I'm being very honest. Sometimes I get so busy and so overwhelmed and I... I'm not depending like I should. I'm not connecting like I should. And I think that I can handle it. It's okay. It's just, I'm just being a mom. I'm just doing the things I know. It's just the natural things of life. I don't need to pray about this. How wrong am I? Right? And soon enough, I start seeing the consequences of not being connected. Very soon. Very soon. You can ask my family. Don't ask my family. But you can ask. <laughs> you know, um, the thing is, some of you maybe here, and you may be very aware of the many different areas in your life that are lacking. You may be, you may be looking in and be like, oh my word, Jesus, you have to do so much work in me. Yes, I'm one, and I know for sure he does. 
But others maybe think, maybe think, what is this woman talking about? I am a good person. I don't hurt nobody. Let me just show you something. Um, Romans 3.23 says this. Since all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God. Who sinned? All of us. Everyone. Everybody continually fails and falls and hasn't done enough. And we haven't been perfect enough to achieve, to hit the standard. It's, it's the reality, and it's a hard reality. It's, it's not a fun thing to hear. It's not a fun thing to hear, oh, I mess up all the time, yay. No, nobody likes to hear that. Nobody likes to be reminded of these things. But the truth of the matter is that, see, it's all of us. We've all fallen short, and we all need him. And you may be thinking, okay, but um, I'm not like a murderer or anything. You know, I don't have massive sins, you know, I just, I just do the white lie every now and then. You know, didn't, you know, my grandmother used to say, I was just the white lie. I'm like, okay. You know, but, but people think that way. I don't hit people. I don't, I, you know, I don't steal. I don't murder. Whatever. You know, I am a good person. Okay. Check this verse out. James 4.17 says this. I read this, and I was like, Phew. I've forgotten about this verse. Okay, so it says this. Any person who knows what is right to do but does not do it, to him it is sin. <sighs> he got us all right there. James is telling the truth. He's saying, if you know what is right to do but you don't do it, that's sin. So, for example, let me, you know, let me just say. You are supposed to be patient with your child after the 500th time he's calling you, Mommy, and he's asking for something and you lose it, right? And you're like, oh, my word, what do you want? Just go fix it or whatever, you know, and you're like, I should have known better. I should have been patient. Sin. If you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off because people here drive so wonderfully, you know, and then I have the bumper sticker and I, I want to be like, oh, my word, but I have the sunrise thing and they, um, they might know who I am. So I have to control myself. And so, but I don't. Sometimes I'm like yelling in Spanish. I'm like, oh, my word, and I say things that I shouldn't say, but you won't know what it is because it's in Spanish. And so that is not okay. It's, it's also sin. And see, I, I know better because I know better. I'm meant to be kind, and I'm supposed to be patient, and I'm supposed to put up with all these things, and I don't <laughs> because I'm human and because you're human. And, and you know what? It's, it's, the way, it's the way life is sometimes. It's hard. And sometimes, you know what? All the time, we just don't hit the mark. We don't. And you may be thinking, I was not invited to this meeting to be told I'm doing everything wrong. But you know what? I'm not standing here telling you, fix yourself. You haven't figured it out. No, I'm telling you, I haven't, I am still on the boat. We are all on the same boat. We are trying to figure it out. I am still losing my patience. I'm still not praying nearly enough as, as I should. I don't read my Bible as much as I should. I don't love enough. I don't trust enough. I fall short all the time. All of it. 
But see, the wonderful thing, and, and it is wonderful, it's wonderful that Jesus did not say, clean up your act and then come be in the vine. He did not say that. He said, once you're in, once you are his, what you have to do is remain. Once you are a child of God, you have to just stay close. All he wants you to do is remain in his love, remain in his word, remain close to him, and he is the one that's going to be the, doing the changing. Jesus does the changing. He does the transforming. You don't do it. We're, we want to, right? I want to fix the things that I see in my life. We have it backwards. We want to clean up our act and then come to Jesus. We want to be nice and then pray. We want, we want to do things the other way around, but Jesus is saying, listen, you are already a part of my vine. You are a branch. Your job is just to remain close. It is the Holy Spirit's job to change you. It's the Holy Spirit's job to change me. Now, sin, the word sin, um, actually, in, you, know, you know, you guys know that the Bible wasn't written in English, right? So in the actual language that it was written in, the word sin, it was meant to uh, mean something like miss the mark you know have you have you guys ever seen that um sorry i just i'm gonna say disney stuff because i'm a mother but you know that movie brave with the redhead and the and you know the archery and all that cool stuff that i could never do so because of safety i did not bring a bow and arrow but let me show you something courtesy of my husband and the youth group um i have a nerf gun Okay, so let's pretend that I'm over here, and I, I am you and me in daily life, and I want to do things without Jesus. I want to try to hit the mark. Do you see my mark over there? Do you think I'm going to make it? Yeah. Hey, come on, some confidence. Okay, let's, uh, sorry, I don't mean to hit nobody. Nope, did I hit you? Nope. All right, how about over there? Did I make it? But I didn't make it, though. Don't ruin my example. I did not make it. Okay? I'm going <laughs> But see, I'm, I'm a little closer now. Did I make it? No, not even close. But the closer that I get, I wasn't supposed to talk there, so it wouldn't make an ugly noise. Um, the closer that I get, the better. It's clear. It's getting clear. I can see the red thing that I'm supposed to be hitting, right? So this is what this means. You and I are trying to hit the red part in life. We're trying to achieve God's standards all the time by ourselves, but you are all the way over there in the dark trying to shoot a Nerf gun all the way across the room and hit here. That's not going to happen. This is not. You're going to miss over and over again. But the beautiful thing is that if you are right here and you are close to Jesus, oh, there's no way you're going to miss. If you're right here, if you are with Jesus, if you're listening to him, if you're spending time with him, if you're allowing him to change you, right there, there's no missing. It's right here. I'm right here. How could I possibly miss? Like, seriously. You know what I mean? Like, it would have to be very difficult. Very, sorry, there. It'd be impossible to miss. 
That is what he's saying. He's saying, you guys, you're trying to do this on your own. You're trying to hit the mark all on your own. You're trying to fix your own problems. You're trying to fix yourself. You're trying to live life without me. And it's undoable. It's absolutely undoable. Jesus is the target. He is the one that we are supposed to be closely walking with, the one that we're supposed to be modeling after. He is the one that we are meant to imitate. I don't know if this is just a Hispanic thing, but um, there's a saying in Spanish that says, like, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Is that a thing in English as well? Yes? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it's the same principle. It holds true, right? If you start hanging out with uh, somebody a lot, what happens? You talk like them a little. You start saying similar things. Maybe you start liking the same things or doing the same things or maybe even dressing alike or, you know what I mean? Like, you hang around the same people long enough, you're going to start sharing lots of things. You're going to become like each other. That's what he's saying. Do you want to be like Jesus? Then walk with him. Do you want to be like Jesus? Then you have to walk with him. You have to spend time with him. We have to come and be face to face with him. I love this verse in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It should be coming up on the screen as well. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who, he, who is the Spirit. I love that. It says, all of us, when we come to him, we get to see his face. We get to be in his presence. Jesus made a way so that you and I do not have to be separate from God. He made a way so that you and I could look into his face so that we could be in his presence and sense his glory and enjoy him. And when we're doing that, you know what happens? It says you are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. God is changing you when you are walking with him. He is changing you. He changes my desires. He changes my mind, my heart, my everything. It is the Spirit's job to transform me. My job is to love Jesus. That's what he wants. I love that because if you look at um, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22, I love the beginning of the verse says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, such there is no law. Whose fruit is it? Is it mine? What's it say? The Spirit. Don't whisper. Say it. It's the Spirit. The Spirit. He is the one who has the fruit and wants to give it to you. You don't have to be trying to... Be joyful and pretend to be joyful. You don't have to pretend to have peace. You don't have to pretend to be kind. You just have to come to Jesus. And, and right here is when you might be, oh, it's not that easy. No, it's not. You know what? It sounds simple, but the struggle is real. The struggle is so real. Because when I want to pray, what happens? Everything happens. Everything happens. 
my kids want something, I need to do something, I, somebody calls, and there's an email, there's something burning, somebody needs something, you know what I mean? Like, when you want to sit down and have time with God, you, Murphy's Law, everything that can go wrong will go wrong, everything. You can just, you just know, and see, that is the thing. That is the fight that we have to fight. If you're going to fight for anything, if you're going to make anything a goal in your life, if anything is going to be, you know, your resolution for this year, make this your fight, your resolution for this year. Make it that you fight with everything you have to have time with him. Not just come here. Yes, come here. I'm not saying don't come. I'm saying not just Come here. This is great. We get to be together and we get to be refueled and I get to see you and you get to eat food and, and all the nice things. And then we go out into the real world, right? And we hit the ground and it's like, oh, this reading the Bible situation. You're going to fall asleep sometimes. I, it's okay. I'm not judging. Sometimes you're going to be tired. Sometimes praying is going to feel like, oh, I don't even know what to say. Do it anyway. Make that your fight. Make that the thing that you aim for every day. And oh, girls, I am preaching to myself because it is so hard sometimes. And you would think, she works at church and she doesn't pray. Oh, my word. It's true. Sometimes I can't even, you know. <laughs> like, oh, my God, help me not to kill these people. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I'm just... I have so much to do that I think that I can do it on my own. And I'm very dumb because I can't. I should be the first one hitting the, the ground on my knees every morning and being like, Jesus, help me. Help me to love. Help me to be everything that you need me to be. I can't be here and do what I need to do if I'm not, if I'm not abiding. This is why John 15 is so crucial. Abide. You are a branch. A branch is not meant to be walking around on its own. How long do you think you're going to last? Not long at all. When we let go of him, when we are not with him, all these things that you thought that you had overcome are going to come back. Have you ever seen that? When you go a long period of time without being with God and you, you start feeling the anxiety again or you start feeling the fears again or you start thinking things that you weren't thinking anymore. Or you start, you know, the, all these struggles that you weren't struggling anymore are back. And you're like, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? The same thing that would be wrong with any of us. We need him. We need him. You can make all the resolutions in the world. You can read all the good books in the world. But if, if you are not connected to Jesus, you will soon find that it's impossible. It's impossible to do. It's like these beautiful flowers that we have everywhere, right? They look pretty right now. But leave them there a couple days. What's going to happen? Are they going to stay like this? No. They're going to turn brown and ugly and their stuff is going to start falling out. And you're going to be like, I don't want this anymore. And throw it out. If I'm cut off from him, if I am not remaining, I'm, it's, I'm just like the flower. I want to make my goal this year, if any, to know him better, to depend on him more, to be incredibly aware of how much I need him. I can't be anything that he wants me to be if I don't remain in him. I need, I need to remain in the mindset that I, there is nothing that I can do without him. My goal 
is to be connected to him so that I can do even the natural things that I should be able to do on my own. I, I want to be a better mom, then I have to be on my knees praying, Jesus, make me a better parent. Help me, change me. A better wife, a better pastor's wife, a friend, a human. If I want to be better at anything, it needs to begin there. It needs to begin with Jesus. If not, I'm going to be shooting from over there, trying to hit over there, and I'm going to miss every time. Every time. But the more I say yes to God, the more I go into his word, and the more I, I follow his commandments, and the more I, I am in his presence, and the more I worship him, the more that I'm with him and I enjoy him, the more I, I will fall in love with him, and it'll be so natural to obey him. It's going to be so natural to do the right thing. It's going to be him in us doing the right thing. But in so many ways, we have to recognize that we need him. There's beauty in that. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to pretend like you got it all together because we don't. And that's beautiful. Jesus made it that way. Do you know that? I think he made the mark so high, so stinking high, so incredibly difficult for you and I to achieve on our own, to remind us humans who think we got it all together that we can't, that we don't have it all together that we need him, to, give, to make us dependent on him. That's a word that we don't like, right? We like independence, and we like, you know, being a, whatever, I'm not even going to go into that. But we do. We like to be independent. We like to do all these things. But Jesus is saying, listen, the opposite is true with me. Depend on me. Rest with me. Come, be with me. And yes, there are days you're going to be so tired. There are days... When you're going to feel like, I can't, even, I can't even come to Jesus today. And so I love this verse in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And I think when you walked in, you got this verse. This tiny little card to remind you. He has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. When we are aware of how much we need him, don't stay away. Don't say, I have to fix this before I can come to Jesus. Don't, don't. If you know that you need grace, come for grace. Come for grace. Come. Come. Don't run away. On the contrary, just be, and be honest and say, God, I, there's so much that I cannot fix in my life right now, so much I can't deal with right now, so help me. You promised. You promised that your grace would be enough for my weakness, so here I am. Strengthen me. Let, let his grace sustain you. Let his grace carry you through. Let his grace transform you. That is what he wants. The antidote to my shortcomings, the antidote to anything that you may be struggling with, is Jesus. When I'm with him, when I'm in his presence, when I get to fall in love with him even more, I don't want anything else. I don't want anything else. If I actually know him and if I actually enjoy him and if I actually have 
him in my life. He's going to start filling and satisfying and changing me from the inside. And then when I realize it, I'm going to be a totally different person than I was before. We've come a long way. Don't give up. Maybe you're struggling right now. Maybe you're thinking, I cannot even pray right now. I cannot even muster up the strength to come to Jesus. Still, come. Come to Jesus. He's enough for whatever you're struggling with. He's enough for whatever you realize you can't fix yourself. He's enough. And he wants to do this for us and in us. And all he wants us to do is fall in love with him.